Welcome back, X's and T podcast fans. You guys know who it is. It's Danny here. I'm really excited. I always say that. I'm never not going to start with that because everything I feel like we talk about is exciting. I just want to say that I am so grateful for every single person who has reached out. And I'm so grateful for everybody. And, and your kind words are amazing. I, I genuinely cannot thank everybody enough for the, the things that you guys say. And honestly, I want everybody to know that I do this podcast for you guys. I genuinely do this because I feel like voices need to be heard because we were silenced for so long. And I actually have a guest with me today. And we're going to actually kind of go over that, that being silenced and and really what does that look like? And how does that impact you? As a, how does that impact us as a society? But how does that specifically translate and worldwide? And how is that so harmful and so painful? So because we're talking about worldwide, uh, we've got to go through the awesome disclaimer that I love to say every time. My beef is with worldwide. Yeah, I also have a beef with Amway because allegedly they do co-sign what's going on. So I don't think there's any innocent parties here. But that being said, Amway's products, that that's just their products company, but worldwide. Worldwide and all of these different lines of affiliation are who I have a problem with. But... I am speaking on personal opinions, personal experiences, and I'm not here to defame anybody. If you're out here wanting to join these organizations, like, hey, you do that. Do you? Like, I'm not going to tell you not to. I am going to share my story. Other people are going to share their stories. We're going to continue sharing our stories out of our personal experiences. So don't sue me. I'm going to say that every episode. Don't sue me. So <laughs> with that being said, I'm really excited to bring back with us. We have Cassia. Hello, Cassia. Hello. So you have just, I mean, since the day we, we talked or for the very first time, th this topic has just been so passionate for you. And we, I think we've kind of bonded on the fact that we both find this uh, topic very important. I'm really excited because you wanted to come back and talk about it. And this is the patriarchy. This is us taking it down. <laughs> so what is it that really inspired you to want to continue on this specific topic? And how do you feel this is going to impact people in the future from maybe joining worldwide or being a part of an organization similar to? Yeah, um, I think just like having the experience of like being a woman who at the time was also dating men, but being a woman who is very on the queer spectrum and also very like social justice oriented, um, very aware of patriarchy. I've become much more aware of like how the patriarchy affects the lives, the day to day lives of women and queer people in general. And then also like comparing notes of the things that I've since learned and the things that I've since discovered about myself and about you know, life in general, and comparing that to the education system and the teachings and the more plainly put the brainwashing that you go through with worldwide. And so um, I did a lot of, you know, relationship reading at the time, you know, I was like, figuring out what dating meant in worldwide and figuring out what it meant to be like a worldwide woman, you know, and a single and all of this shit. And like, what that would look like, you know, in the future when I'm obviously a billionaire, of course, a billionaire diamond. But yeah, just really like looking at all the details of like grooming that you consume, all the things that you're taking in that are encouraging you to do X, Y, and Z. And what I found and felt at the time, but was trying to wrap my head around, see also avoiding my better judgment, and my critical thinking, but I was trying to wrap my head around these books that basically um, say that women are irrational and that it's so hard to understand what women think and what they want. And you just have to like, you know, allow her to be this emotional mess. And it's like, it just makes no sense. That just actually makes no sense. And the things that they would like, in the books that I read that they would reference is like, oh, she wants to be close to you. And, you know, she has emotions and she like, you know, basically she's being a human being and having human being emotional needs that she wants met and like 
you know, that maybe she wants to be cherished emotionally before having sex with you, but you know, that's just so crazy and you just have to like placate to her. And that stuff always has ground my gears through my life, but definitely in worldwide trying to get myself to believe in that shit. And then coming out and like doubling down on my like feminism and like my anti whatever the hell they were doing stuff. I'm like, okay, I was correct about the way I felt before I was in worldwide. And definitely after I was just like, fuck you. Like this makes no sense. You treating women being actual independent human beings like this and then trying to package it as family values and uh you know the right way to go and and moral and ethical and all this other shit that they uh, purport themselves to be so yeah yeah no absolutely and i i've had so many people by the way just come forward after your story and just feel so comfortable to be able to discuss these things um because i think that you're of course we've kind of gone over love and respect before with hope and we talked about the misogyny but i think the way that you put it really just opened up the doors of okay no this is okay to talk about we're okay to like say like this happened and i just want to thank you again so much for your vulnerability and coming forward with all of that and it's true that when it comes to worldwide it's a male dominated place there is no woman in charge let me tell you women are not allowed to be in charge in fact just before we were talking about uh or just before we started recording we were talking about the fact that there were single women who were praised for building this as a single woman she did it but then the single woman gets married. Single woman is no longer who she was. In fact, it Mm -hmm. is now her husband who hasn't even been around for the length of time it took them to build the damn business. But now it's, Mm -hmm. oh, he helped me. I couldn't do this without him. But he Mm -hmm. wasn't there. And because it's such a men dominated place, we have to bow to the man who comes into our lives. And I remember struggling with that because Mm -hmm. I'd be like, no, like I did this, the blood, Mm -hmm. the sweat, the tears, the late nights, like I did this shit. Mm -hmm. Why on earth am I supposed to bow down to somebody who was not there for that? They came Mm -hmm. in at a fucking convenient time is what they did. Yeah. Was that something you ever were kind of afraid of as well when you had been dating men and were encouraged to date men in worldwide? That's a good question. Um, I don't think at the time it occurred to me that my story might have to change to favor the narrative of the man being the leader and the winner in the in the organization and that I would be subservient in in that way. Like I always just assume that if I built it and succeeded as a single, that that would always be my narrative. But yeah, it's a natural conclusion. It makes perfect sense now that we're talking about it now that, yeah, I would naturally fold my you know, my journey into his because it was all for him. Everything was for him, of course. You know, my my strong go-getter, ambitious husband that's just coming in like a parasite latching onto my success. But I should want that. That's what he's there for, you know. Yeah. And because it is so male dominated and this patriarchal form that they have, it really does, like you said, it makes it very challenging for people mm-hmm. of color or even anybody on the queer spectrum to be able to succeed in this business because, okay, yeah. where, like you had mentioned in your previous episode, you're like, what book is going to help me in my relationship? And, and you had even said, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't feel as though I'd be able to be myself with my wife on stage. And when you even think about that concept, there are no queer couples on stage there. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we see them at the base level. And I say base level, not to be derogatory, but it's who we were. We were the bottom of the barrel, the pyramid, if you will, that's where we were. And Mm -hmm. sure, I always felt like we could be inclusive in that sense. But the higher you get, the less and less inclusive it becomes. And did you feel Mm -hmm. like you had to even diminish that part of yourself? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, as you were talking, I was just thinking about all the couples that would get on stage and, like, they make this big show of, like, kissing their spouses together or, like, holding hands and being very, like, I forgot, there's, like, the the football guy and his, like, wife, and they always talk about, like, sex stuff and, like, they allude to their fantastic sex life all the time. It's my, my hot wife, my hot husband, you know, and it's like, I know I can't talk about, you know, I couldn't talk about my wife on stage like that. I couldn't talk about my girlfriend like that. Of course, I'd have to be married at least, you know, but it's like I wouldn't be able to talk about my partner on stage like that because then it's effectively, you know, porn in the eyes of the, you know, Christo patriarchy organization. So, you yeah. know, it's like I know that I wouldn't be able to get to that point and have a natural and open relationship the same way that these other couples were, you know. So, yeah. They lack inclusivity. If you guys haven't heard already, they're homophobic. Okay. Like that's just hands down how they are. I'm going to say allegedly because I have to, (laughs) but there is a Kate. If you guys have not been on Zay and Melody's face or uh, YouTube channel, go down the rabbit hole. And I have shared this particular link many times, but there is a leaked Kate of a diamond answering a question from his downline. Why his downline ever thought that this was an okay question to ask is of course it shows though, but he's explaining why he will not sponsor a gay person, anybody on the queer spectrum for him. And he compares it to stealing. Like it is the most absurd bullshit in the world. And of course he's like, oh, but it goes against God. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what your God says. When you say this business, isn't it? When, when you say this business is for everybody, but yet you're passing down Kates that say that kind of stuff. And of course now they probably are a little bit um, safer about how they say things. They will wait until they they feel like they can trust you and they can do it in a training or mm-hmm. in a counsel session or just one-on-one with you because they know now if they send it in a Kate, someone's going to save that and someone's going to send mm-hmm. it out because it's just frustrating. But that in itself really proves that one, it is male dominated. And two, there is no safe space for anybody on the queer spectrum in worldwide. Allegedly, I have to say that, but I personally 100% believe in that. Yeah. For me, it kind of affirmed, like I had this kind of naive belief being in it. Of course, they encourage this belief. So it's not like it came out of nowhere, but like having this naive belief of being in a place that's safe. And I remember like crying, like sobbing at a function, like I'm safe. Oh my God. And it was just like, obviously not like no, like any organization that's encouraging you to put all of your trust and all of your belief into and like, like basically demanding and requiring that you supersede your own uh, self-advocacy and your own self-preservation uh, in favor of the group. It's like, of course, it's not. Of course, it's going to be people of all different kinds of opinions, thoughts, ideas, and some to the detriment of your safety as a person you know, so it makes sense. But it's also like, they still package it, even knowing that, you know, they have like homophobes and racists and all this other stuff happening. They still package it as no, we're we're the good guys. It's just like, well, if you're the good guys, then what the fuck else is there in the world, you know, because like, what you guys are saying is the same (laughs) stuff. Yeah, it's the same stuff that we get on in the regular world. So it's like, but you know, the, the, hypocrisy of it was um what in the aftermath like after I like left and like really broke it down and processed it it was just like it's just it's incredible like the the levels of uh yeah hypocrisy really you know yeah and we had we had kind of talked about this before as well the fact that this is allowed in worldwide it does not stay Mm -hmm. in worldwide it does not stay in worldwide. It, is, it, it can't. These are people. And when you are naturally one type of way, it's going to leak out somewhere. You can't hold mm-hmm. your facade or your mask forever. Like it's going to slip. You guys, yeah. these people, these people who are promoting this message, they could be your boss and you will never know. 
because worldwide is so secretive. It's taught that you don't talk about the fact that you are in this organization, like you're not supposed to, but this type of thing could be happening in your workplace and you wouldn't even Mm -hmm. know it like some level of discrimination. And of course, yes, we have the HR department who's supposed to be there to protect you. And a lot of the times they do. I can say that I worked at a place where my HR department absolutely had my back. So grateful for them, but that's not everywhere. That That's not, and it could even be these people working in your fucking HR department. Like that's, I think the scariest part is you don't know where you're going to encounter one of these people. And it's usually the men who hold these levels of, of leadership. And mm-hmm. even when a woman does great in her career, they diminish that. Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, they give them two seconds to brag about it. But then it's the wife who will come on and she'll immediately start talking about her husband. And it's Mm -hmm. like, when do you talk about when are you going to talk about you? Like I you guys, I have old audios. I'm really excited. But I was listening to one and it just irks the shit out of me, (laughs) though. The club owner's wife, (laughs) she is speaking and Mm -hmm. she had said things like, I was like a regular woman. I was being emotional and I was not being helpful. And I was like, halt, stop. Like, why did you have to say that? Why on earth are you as a woman continuing to put this message out there that that's all of us? Like every Mm -hmm. single person on this planet can be emotional. I don't care what gender you are. You can be emotional. I don't know why on earth these women are, I think it's even the women too. We talked about that, where the women are the ones who are portraying this message more. And that Mm -hmm. is so harmful. Did you experience that where you saw a lot of your women upline pushing this almost more than the men were? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't remember if I talked about this in the last episode, but like hearing my upline, uh, my like platinum upline talking about, you know, did I talk about this in the last one? Where like she basically was saying how she learned through coaching and through the books that like the way to get her husband to respect and listen to her when they were having quarrels and stuff was just to like basically put out and like that would open his heart and like that's the way he experiences love and that she should and I was just even still it took me a long time to process like oh coercion and rape okay cool yeah totally you know but it's like she is passing that information to me and framing it as like of course I would naturally want to do that for my husband because he needs to feel loved in order to respect me you know and like whatever whatever that was and then also even all the way up to the top like the the main diamond guy yeah and his, uh, his blonde wife or whatever and like her being on stage and like hearing him talk shit about her but her still being like you know you just really need to listen to your husband and like you know he's talking about how he sees like dozens of more beautiful women on the street than his wife but like he still sticks by her because he's just a good guy you know and it's just like what like but she also like is pushing this narrative of like oh no I'm like true to my husband because this is like what you're supposed to do and he's just like let him be the breadwinner and the leader let him you know let him lead basically and it's just why is every woman from me all the way up to the big crown guy saying the same stuff and these guys are frankly casually and in passing talking about their abusive behaviors but then being like but I'm over it but it's like but you're not over it because you talk shit on your wife on stage in front of all of us in present time life like now today you know you know what's interesting about the crown guy and his wife they don't talk about their daughter I even went to their website recently like days ago they have one picture with their daughter on there. Mm. I'm not going to speculate as to why they don't do that. I haven't done enough research yet. Um, If anybody out there has some sort of speculation or you maybe know something, please let me know because I would love to talk about that because I think that there's something 
that happened with their daughter, that that's why they don't talk about her. She wasn't in the business when I was in. In fact, they were trying to throw her her marriage to another um, worldwide dream builder under the rug. They were trying to pretend it didn't even fucking happen, which happened all the time. But that's just that just speaks to the level of people that the crowns are. And one other thing, too, is the toxic masculinity that's being passed down. The fact that this is acceptable is not okay. Mm -hmm. How are you going to sit there and say that coercion and rape are acceptable? And and that's, I should probably throw a trigger warning out at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the episode. I'll I'll try to do that. But Mm -hmm. it's, and we don't say this lightly, you guys, we've both already talked about this. Like it's, it's kind of in a way where you have to disassociate from it because it's so Mm -hmm. horrendous. And I Mm -hmm. have definitely experienced my upline. And so have you telling us that this is how to handle things. That is dangerous. Mm -hmm. That is a dangerous message to spread. And I, I, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you speak about that on every time you come here, you are welcome to, because I don't think the message Mm -hmm. can be talked about enough that this was really what we were being taught. I mean, I think about the fact that when I was in, I was a single parent and they were trying to push me into a toxic relationship that was very abusive. And I have a son. Okay. At the time I only had one. Now I have two sons. So I am grateful that I do not have this organization to sit here and tell me how to raise my children because they are so derogatory that they will say things like, oh, your wife has on another man's name if they're wearing a jersey of their favorite fucking team. God forbid I'm wearing a Drew Brees hoodie. I like football. I liked the Saints. Drew Brees was a fantastic quarterback. Don't fight me on that. But (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's just something I I bonded with my dad over. That's something that we, we did. And it's like, it's not me wearing another man's fucking name. It's me being a fan of somebody or, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no space for a woman to just be able to idolize who she wants. It has to be her husband. And the fact that they're teaching that to our sons is fucking scary. Like I have an obligation as a survivor of DV, as a person who has experienced abuse and who knows people who have experienced abuse. Like I have an obligation to make sure that my sons know what consent is, that my children do not have this toxic masculinity within them, that they are going to go out into society and be good humans. Like, we're not saying that men can't exist. That's not what we're saying. They have to be here. Some way, somehow, they have to fucking be here. We have to tolerate them. But they don't have to be here and be some of the most racist, homophobic assholes. They can be good people. And there's no place in Worldwide for that. And I don't understand it. No, uh, to add on to that, you know, they were, I remember, especially in the beginning, maybe I noticed it more and they talked about it a lot later on as well, but like, they'd be like, oh yeah, you want your sons to be raised in this. You want it, you want your sons to be like coached and educated by the men in this organization. And it's just like, that's a scary thought, you know, like the, I'm from the text message I was saying about like emotional intelligence and how they, they, coach you to be emotionally unintelligent as a man in this organization and for the women also to divest themselves of their own emotional intelligence um but to have your like sons being brought up in this like emotionally bankrupt organization is just a terrifying thought you know and like then if you're encouraging marriage and you're encouraging childhood then you're encouraging breeding of this same mentality that's very scary you know um it is yeah I remember talking to my dad about this too. And you guys are going to probably get sick of me talking about my dad. I, I apologize. Uh, but my dad is not like that. My dad is not toxic masculinity. My dad is very woke, which is funny because I'm still trying to teach him what the word means. Um, but it is interesting because like, and I wanted when I was in worldwide, my kids to be around this. I was like, oh, my kids need to be around this. And my dad was always like, no, you don't. Like, that's dangerous. That's not okay. And it wasn't until after I left and I really started to see how my own 
own dad was with my kids. I was like, fuck, like my dad does teach emotions. My dad sits down and has conversations. He doesn't just yell and he's like trying to get to the bottom of things. And I, I have to say, I credit my stepmom for a lot of this stuff. And she knows children's mental health and has gone to school for children and early education. So she gets it. And I think that she did kind of give a little bit of a, a softer edge to my dad. And I, I think she she leads that family. She is amazing. And that's another example. Women cannot ever lead their families. In fact, you cannot say, you will never hear on stage that the wife is the one who did all the work, that the wife mm -hmm. is, and they'll say that, but they'll be like, she kept the calendar. She scheduled mm -hmm. my meetings. She made mm -hmm. sure my suit was ready. She did all of these, in my opinion, slave work instead mm -hmm. of being the one out there building the business. She has mm -hmm. to be second chair. She has to be stuck mm -hmm. in strain. Whatever you're, you're in, she is the second person. She is the backup. Mm -hmm. She will never be the forefront. And that is sad. And I wonder, and we had speculated about this, like what, like are the women in the upline where I don't, I think a lot of them were not like this before the business. I know, and I've said this before that my upline, uh, Jenny, she was not like this before the business. She would literally tell us that she was a quote, rebellious woman. And she quote, disrespected her husband. And honestly, it just sounds like she was a bad bitch before the business. It sounds like she didn't put up with bullshit. It sounded like she was just, you know, herself, which was okay. But because she submitted to coaching with her female upline, I'm putting quotes around this, you guys, like then <laughs> she was able to submit to her husband and she was able to help build the business and she was able to be by his side and, and root him on. And it's like, why? Why yeah. do we promote this? And, and the term rebellion, Rebellious. I think that you had a fantastic explanation when you're talking about rebellious. Like, what the fuck kind of term is that for a fucking adult? It's definitely infantilizing. I don't know what the hell I said before, but uh, again, the first thing the first thing that comes to mind is just the it's infantilization, and it just keeps women, you know, in this codependent space. First of all, so that we can't be in our full power, we can't be our full selves, and we're always going to be doubting and wondering and resenting our own agency. Um, because we're not easily falling in line with this thing. And we are, yeah, we're just like conditioned to try to be small. And so this whole thing around like rebellious woman is just one that obviously just sees it for what it is, you know. But I definitely also like was reminded while you were just talking now about like every story of the married couples that I heard was like either she was immediate immediately got it and like she followed the man and they did it, you know, or it was a horror story. So like she was mean and aggressive and she was you know getting mad at him all the time and like some of the women talk about like throwing things and being in fits of rage you know like it's really like painting themselves as like a bad guy and like how the husband is just like oh I, I just she was just so much you know and we were arguing but she was just so wild you know it's just like most likely you were doing dumb shit and she was mad <laughs> you yeah. know and even if that's not the case you know let's so I'm going to extend like benefit of the doubt, like assuming that he didn't do anything wrong, whatever. But it's just like it shouldn't be this whole thing of like, oh, like she was really a monster. She has a really like she's really stubborn and like she need she needed to get coached. You know, it's just like, oh, like, yes, yeah, she was him. negative. I, I had a She's negative, negative. Yes. God, yeah. I hated that mm -hmm. term. And then, of course, you're comparing. So we had talked about this as well, was there's an audio, an old audio, where the creator of this organization, I don't think I've ever said his name. I, I, 
I don't know if I can or should, or I mean, I can, I can say whatever the fuck I want, to be honest, but whether I want mm-hmm. to, I don't want to glorify him in that re- regard, but he's the, he's the creator of Worldwide. He had an audio that was ancient at this point, And uh, he would talk heavily about how he compared his wife to, and I'm going to say her name, Peggy Britt, because we talk about Bill Britt, Bill Britt's organization, and that's Bill Britt's wife. He mm-hmm. would compare her to, to, to Peggy Britt. And I'm like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Why on earth did that ever come to your mind? And because mm-hmm. that was an acceptable thing in the audio, you had men doing that every which fucking direction. I mean, they're comparing their wives to the crown, the crown lady. Like my wife is trying to be just like the crown. She's trying to be in the crown wife's back pocket. She's trying to be her mm-hmm. right hand person. And it's like, these words are so triggering. <laughs> yeah, they are. And they would say that. Yeah. And yeah. they, it, it's like women are, are all they can be in the organization is like eye candy or or like that's it i remember my upline would always talk about giving their wives a beauty budget if she can't spend an unlimited amount she's like i i give her a beauty budget and her like mm-hmm. they say like a number that sounds astronomical like 500 dollars. like if you are mm-hmm. actually high maintenance we all know that 500 dollars is not going to maintain your hair and all of the different things that's maybe no. like your lashes and your hair extensions and your hair color that's not going to cover everything mm-hmm. else which is great if that's your thing like you should be able to spend an unlimited fucking amount because then you have him out here flexing some fucking car that he wanted, which we all know is way more than a fucking beauty budget. And the fact that they even mm-hmm. called it a beauty budget is the most derogatory thing. Like, why can't mm-hmm. it just be your wife doing what she wants? Mm-hmm. Like, if that's what she wants to do is her hair, fucking great. But I, I just, I wonder too, if that's even like the way that they were before the business. Like, sure, everybody mm-hmm. likes like doing something for themselves. Self-care is so important, but that doesn't always have to be your hair. It doesn't have to be platinum blonde or the the darkest of brown or the hair extensions. And I'm speaking directly t- to my upline. We all know that her hair was like a thing, but you don't, like, that doesn't have to be your thing self-care could be mm-hmm. going to a fucking sporting event if that's your thing it could be going roller skating or fucking i don't know i don't know what other people are interested in. i'm just like thinking off the top of my head what i like but <laughs> yeah it doesn't have to be she went to the salon today she got her nails yeah. done she got her hair why is that all that women are reduced to is so- the yeah. way that we look and they do that yeah. they parade around their wives and they use them as examples for and again it creates that comparison like why can't you i remember robert my upline he would say that why can't you be more like the club owner's wife why can't you be more like the yeah. crown's wife it's like because yeah. she's fucking not sorry i went off yeah. a rant there no i mean it's it's true you know it's just like i don't think i was aware of all the comparison and i think if i had a boyfriend who was in the business at the time, like, you know, I'm sure I would have heard it too. But yeah, we were constantly being told to like, be like so and so find the person that you can relate to and then model yourself after them, regardless of if they say toxic shit or whatever. It's just like, nope, we have to just like be like her. And then the her, her whoever it is on stage is saying like, I sacrificed makeup and new clothes and blah, blah, blah for years until we went emerald or ruby or whatever fucking gem oh, they went, you know. Yeah, um, so triggering. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to like not take care of myself, but then also still try to be pretty like this woman on stage, like make sure that I look good, but don't make sure that I buy anything to do that with. Okay, that makes sense, you know. Um, and yeah. then like, well, no, no, it's fine. You just got a budget, but then your budget needs to be in favor of your business, but then your business. So it's just like this whole mind fuck. I think it just like keeps you busy in this like endless, it's just endless really. And it keeps you not focused on what's actually happening, happening, which is you being controlled and conditioned. And so, but that's the point, you know, 
or maybe they don't explicitly say that's the point, but that definitely serves the purpose of keeping you totally distracted from what's really going on. Yeah. And what is your kind of, I guess, from your viewpoint and your opinion, and maybe even a speculation, but when you look at your upline, do you think that they mean with like the women, do you think that they mean what they say? Do you think that that like what they're saying is truly within the depths of their soul, what they believe? Or do you, do you personally feel like there's a level of brainwashing that they've endured and they're kind of in too deep at this point? Yes. <laughs> All the above. Um, I think like when you get to that, the levels that they're at, and when you have the level of success that you have, you start, you start to believe it yourself because it's working, quote unquote, you know? And so you think, oh, well, obviously I got here with these sets of rules and these sets of guidelines and this kind of mindset. And so obviously I'm winning at it. So I believe it. But I also feel like me having been in that situation and knowing that I'm the same as them, like literally no different. I know that in the back of their mind, something is like irritating the hell out of them, but they're not going to acknowledge it because everything else is working fine. So we have the business, we have the, you know, we have the stage talks, we have the audios, people are relying on us. We're giving advice to people who are also, you know, we're in a good community and all of this stuff. But I think at the end of the day, they probably have that little like intuitive thing that they are just like pushing way down. Um, so I think it's, it's really too because at least that's that was my experience as well like well obviously like I'm having these thoughts but then it's also working this area and I'm a better person than before so you know obviously this is not a bad thing and it, I should want to do these things and then you get saddled with all the shoulds and then all the financial quote investment which is just dumping money into an abyss and then you know so you get locked in by everything you've already done everything you've learned everything that you want to be all at the same time. And so I think like believing and wanting to believe kind of just blur into each other, um, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And when it comes to looking up to our upline, there were, like you had mentioned before, there are books that are being passed down. We've definitely had a large conversation about love and respect, but there was another book that you had said that you avoided like the plague. And I'm really happy to hear that because there's not a lot of people who did. A lot of us actually fucking read this book. And it's by the, mm -hmm. we, we say his name, Paul Sika. He is an author. He is the pastor of Worldwide. This is the guy that we are being told, if you have marital problems, you go to him. Mm -hmm. Why did you avoid this book so much? I feel like that speaks to the level of shit that it is because you di you didn't want anything to do with it. Well, okay. So I got a couple of reasons why, but like the, the first two um, was that I am not a religious person. And of course he's like a, a pastor or whatever the fuck he is. And then also um, I was avoiding reading even more books on like heteronormative relationships, especially if they were uh, tainted with Christianity. No shade. Well, I mean, it's kind of shade to Christians out there, but like, you know, respectfully, I didn't want to have anything to fucking do with it. And so like, I was willing to read a book on relationships if it wasn't so blatant, even though some, a lot of the books still had like references to God and scripture and all the shit, which I just tried to slice and dice around. But with Paul Sika's stuff, it was so obvious, like that was his whole brand is that he's like um, a pastor guy. And like, he ties in God to everything that he does. And plus like hearing him speak on stage, I mean, it wasn't like a conscious choice, but I definitely like remember him talking about like, yeah, I used to be a drunk and I used to beat my wife and whatever. And but now I'm changed, you know, and I just whatever. And I was just like, I can't read this fucking book. I can't do it. Like, I don't want to be I don't want more religion stuff down my throat. I don't want to read his stupid story about whatever he's talking about. I just don't want to. But yeah, mainly like at every possible turn, I just avoided like religious stuff. But of course, every book that they had on the reading list was at least, you know, 
sprayed, sprinkled with some religion, you know, but it, I would just try yes. really hard to avoid it. Yeah. Oh, they did. And and I, I'm thinking of books that I read that didn't have any religion in them. Maybe the, nope, not even, nope. I think that every single mm -hmm. one of them had an mm -hmm. ounce of religion somewhere in there. And I, mm -hmm. I think the, I think uh, the only book that I can say that truly I actually would still read to this day uh, is Dale Carnegie. I think that he still has some, mm -hmm. some yes. of his roots in this fucking organization. I'm not going to say he's clear of anything, but his book, Don't Stop, Stop Worrying and Start Living. I have to say that book really did um, help me in some ways. And I think that he really stays away from the the business aspect and the religious aspect and tells uh, individual stories. So that one, I can personally say like, oh, that was a good book I read. But yeah. every single other one of them was religious. And what I'm going to say specifically to Paul Sika's book is the fact that he talks about cheating on his wife. You guys, this is not stuff that should be, uh, I don't care if that's part of your story and you want to try to pretend like this is not who you are anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. if you are seriously taking accountability for being a shitty person, just say that. Stand on the mm -hmm. stage and say, listen, before this organization, I was fucking dumb. And some people say it, but they're never as tough on themselves as they should be for being shit people. I can speak to that. I was a shitty person before I did a lot of this. Well, some of you guys know that. Some of you guys for sticking around. Thank you so much. But the level of accountability is never act taken. You have to stand there and be firm and be like, yeah, no, I was a hateful person. I was a horrible person. I was, you know, doing all of these things and I'm working every single day to be better. And I don't hear that on stage. I hear this organization like totally reformed me. Bullshit. Yes. It's a constant yes. work in progress. It's, it's never, I'm never not learning still to this day. Yes. And they make it absolutes. And these books do mm -hmm. that. Another book that they preached a lot of, what's her name? Uh, Joyce Myers. She That's had so a many. Person. Yes. I Joyce don't think Myers. I saw her books on there, but I definitely know about her and I would not be surprised if that was on the reading list. Oh yeah. Yep. Joyce Meyer and Beth Moore. Beth Moore's mm -hmm. book, I really wanted to believe helped me. That book did not fucking help me. That's the book that they told me to read because I had a lot of insecurities. The book is quite literally called So Long Insecurities. And and uh, I kind of want to reread it and go over it, which would be dope because it's very religious, very religious. But it's also like every and, and do I think that every person compares themselves to another person? Yes. But I don't think it's just women. I think men compare themselves to other men, too. In fact, I would argue that men compare themselves more in this organization than women do. I think the men force women to feel like we have to compare ourselves because of these books. But it's also their rules and regulations as far as like fucking the way that you communicate with other people or like the the um, no cross-lining rule. Okay. We mm -hmm. all heard Bree's story. If you haven't, go listen to it. They didn't care when it was a man pushing themselves onto her. They cared that she was entertaining this man. That was the cross-lining aspect. That's the fucking part that they cared about. They didn't care that this guy was sexually harassing her. They cared about the fact that she was entertaining this, that it was her fault for cross-lining. And that will to this day always piss me off for her. It's the fact that they feel that women are the ones who are these, what are they, sed sed seductress? This, this, this like, mm -hmm. like we're whores, basically. We want mm -hmm. every man and, and we have to protect, we have to cover ourselves because men are not capable of not looking at us. And if they do, it's our mm -hmm. fault. They would always say, you don't want to make another man's wife uncomfortable because men are visual. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure men and women are the same level of visual. I'm pretty sure that was a scientific fact. Don't quote me on that. But I'm like 90% mm -hmm. sure that that's a thing. And mm -hmm. we as women, it was our obligation to protect the men. Like they, these men were so incapable of keeping yep. their fucking eyes on their own wives that mm -hmm. they that we had to somehow, some way be obligated for that. And you know what's interesting is for me, I never took it as an, I mean, I have so many insecurities. 
And I was never like, oh no, another guy's going to look at me. I was terrified that my future spouse was going to have averted eyes, as they would say. And they oh, blame the women. Yeah, that was my biggest fear. I was like, oh shit, like I'm going to have a husband and he's going to do this. That's scary. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I would be terrified because I had an abusive partner who quite literally did that. And mm -hmm. they're very blatantly obvious about it too. I just, and I know you had a lot to say because uh, you guys did not at first have those dress code rules, but it slowly started to kind of change into that. Is, is that right? Um, we definitely had dress code rules, but they were much more casual about like showing, like talking about it than I think your experience. Like we got more just like papers with like, this is what casual looks like. This is business casual. This is like professional, you know, whatever business professional. I don't know. But they had like, like papers with like suggestions for what to wear. But I also think like I, in that sense, got away with having a little bit more of like a patient upline because my style is very like artsy, gothy, you know, witchy, whatever, New York, you know, um, I looked like a quintessential like Brooklynite. So like there, I didn't really get a lot of pushback and I never, I don't remember being in like a board plan or some kind of meeting where they were like, okay, you know, look at the board, everyone don't dress like a whore, you know? So, um, I know like there was kind of conversation around like, um, my sponsor was, um, I think she was in Miami or like she is from Florida. That's like where she was recruited or whatever. And like everyone there dressed like you do in Miami, like really skimpy short dresses and shorts and high heel, like stripper heels and stuff like this. And there was like a dialogue around like basically polishing them up and making them less whorish looking, basically less skimpy clothes. And, you know, I don't think they said whorish, but the, the point remains that they, they made them more conservative and uh, more buttoned up literally. <laughs> Which is sad. I mean, I'm not, I do. I think that there's definitely like a level of business for a business. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I probably wouldn't wear, I, I don't go to clubs by any means, but I wouldn't wear the same thing to like a club that I would to work. Like, yeah, there's a time and a place, but at the same time they were telling in our organization, they were telling women, okay. They were telling grown ass women, you need to wear um, tights under your dress because it's suggestive. If you don't, they mm. were preaching that you had to have a dress that wasn't too form-fitting, but the upline were wearing form-fitting dresses. Very form-fitting. They were. They were very um, hypocritical in that sense because mm -hmm. if we were doing that, they would also say like, smooth your body out, wear spanks underneath. It's like, do you know how uncomfortable that shit is? I'm not going mm -hmm. to do that for especially a major function. Board plan mm -hmm. can last four fucking hours. A major function is literally three days straight with almost mm -hmm. no sleep. Like the level of discomfort that we have to have. Oh, and then they they tried to push us to wear heels. Those arenas mm -hmm. are scary. You're mm -hmm. almost walking up such a like a like a steep hill. It's almost vertical. It's scary. But you're expected mm -hmm. to wear heels, and you can only wear the flats if at the end of the day when you're like quote tired or whatever. And it's like who cares? Flats can be business professional, and even still, why can't we put comfort? over what you have determined is business professional. Why do women mm -hmm. have to wear dresses? I mean, mm -hmm. that was a big thing in our organization too, which I wish I had your organization, man. I think about <laughs> the other things. So you're like, because you said, you're like, I think we got more of like the sugary, like um, the toxic positivity aspect. And sure, yeah. we had that, but my upline were fucking ruthless. I mean, no, I think I that there is that. a special place in hell for every single man in my upline because I we like I told you before we got cursed at we were demeaned mm -hmm. we were like it was they were mean they were ruthless mm -hmm. and it was awful but they did they would preach mm -hmm. this message and it's like who created this standard who mm -hmm. hmm. 
I think brown guy had a really big part of what does this look like? I think mm -hmm. that this whole thing as the rest of the fucking system was put together by a man because men don't have to wear fucking heels in, in an organization. Now, if they wanted to, like, great, like, that's fine. Do that. But you're not mm -hmm. forced to. Women are forced to. And if you don't, yeah. your upline is either having a conversation with you or they're talking shit behind your back saying, don't dress like this person. The amount of times yeah. that I heard that, they would point out other people and be like, don't be that person. And mm -hmm. it's like, that person is 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 either being comfortable or they're new or they honestly just don't give a fuck what you have to say. It literally doesn't matter. It's yeah. so sad to me to think about that. And I think yeah. we've also kind of speculated about the crown's wife too, like about her pushing this message. And I don't, I don't know. I wish I knew who she was before the business because, and of course, you kind of get to the point, like you said, at work. Um, but I think she came into the business after, and I, I don't want to mm -hmm. demean her as a person, but I think she came in after he had already built it to a, a pretty high level. And mm -hmm. um, it just makes me wonder, like, what do you have to tell yourself at night to sleep? That you're pushing this onto women. Like, what level of, of brainwashing do you have to not think twice about, okay, maybe I shouldn't say this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like she, you know, she, she apparently crossed, like matched his, um, his 10 point value system assessment that he put her through without her knowledge. So, you know, no, no conversation around like if she felt the same way, but, um, yeah, there's no, no conversation around like if he matched her value system, you know, but she, she was up to stand or she was up to code. And so of course she just, you just bring her on board like a fucking sack of potatoes and she doesn't have anything to say about it. So but obviously she has a lot of opinions. You know, she's one one of the women that gets on stage and like kind of helps brainwash everyone and like is a policer of this patriarchal system. So um, I, I don't want to give her a pass, any kind of a hall pass for the, her involvement. But definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely brainwashing involved, you know, but that's how we all got into, you know. And again, yeah. if it were, it's working, quote unquote. So it's easy to kind of negate whatever kind of intuitive uh, disagreements she might have, and uh, because it's it's working, and he's got money, and he can provide and be a leader as as prescribed by patriarchy. So yeah, I hate that mindset that women can't be the breadwinners. Like mm -hmm. I, we live in a society now where like, why can't we have stay at home dad? Like that's kind of a dope mm -hmm. concept, right? If a guy wants to stay home with their kid, like cool. And if, like, if that's the family dynamic that is created out of like consensual conversation, like fucking go for it. Like you'll live your life however the fuck you want. Like I don't, whatever you want to do. As long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't care. Like live your life. I will support you. But in worldwide, that's not acceptable. And I remember Hope talking about it. She's like, why can't I, I am, she mm -hmm. She would say, I am more of like an extrovert. I am like this more dominant figure than my husband and he's okay with it. Why can't she just like, and, and of course it's the religious aspect. This is where, again, mm -hmm. they're values and their rules come from religion because mm -hmm. women can't be pastors. And I had mm -hmm. this conversation with a person that I know who is very religious. And I asked, why can't women be pastors? Because I was told uh, men have authority, which is bullshit, and women have influence. Okay. Mm -hmm. If women have influence, why cannot, why can we not influence on a larger scale? Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says you can't. That's literally the only fucking reason that they can give me because the women shouldn't be preaching mm -hmm. the Bible or whatever. Like it's, it's so hip hypocritical. And like, again, I have so much respect for people who have a level of faith. Like, I'm not going to say that your faith is wrong. I think that there are raw aspects to every religion that are beautiful. So if you are somebody who has a faith and you are somebody who does not preach to other people that they have to view this way, and you're just kind of minding your own 
own business, like I respect you, but this mm -hmm. organization does not do that. You, mm -hmm. if you are not their religion, you are, I don't even want to say criticized blatantly. And that could be true. Somebody could have, I mean, there's blatant racism. Why, you know, I, I would believe too, that somebody has been criticized for their religion, but mm -hmm. you don't have any other options. Like they only mm -hmm. offer a Christian, um, they say non-denominational, but we all know it's a fucking Christian service at all the functions. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And also it's, it's evangelical in nature, honestly, it's yes. evangelical based. So you can say non-denominational because you won't denom it. So just fucking call it evangelical. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know. It really is. But that's why women cannot have authority in worldwide mm -hmm. because it all goes down to whatever religion that they believe in. And I mean mm -hmm. this in the most disrespectful way. Fuck that. I am a dominant personality. Like that is mm -hmm. me. I could not imagine. I mean, I've had a partner like that, but nowadays I could not imagine having a partner be like, um, actually, you need to sit down. You need to mm -hmm. be respectful. Um, you need mm -hmm. to shut your mouth basically what they would mm -hmm. say to their wives, right? I'm making the decisions here. And it's like, dude, fuck you. I'd be like, what we talked about, I'd probably be in prison. Like, I'm not, trust me, I don't condone violence. It angers me. It angers me mm -hmm. that this is the stuff that they're pushing on people. And you're talking about like, and you know how they always say too, you don't know who your cross line are. Like somebody could be an alcoholic or they would always mm -hmm. use the recovering porn addict. Like I can't mm -hmm. say how many, I've never met. I mean, I'm sure they exist. Somebody like everything can have an addiction. I feel like you could be addicted to shopping or, or whatever. There's too much of a good thing all the time. So I'm not saying that mm -hmm. those things don't exist, but the amount of times that they would say that as if this is like every man who comes into the organization has some sort of porn addiction, like that's weird mm -hmm. to me. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's because some of the upline men probably had that. But you're talking about survivors too. You mm -hmm. don't know if somebody's an alcoholic, so don't offer them alcohol. You don't know if somebody is a domestic violence survivor. Don't fucking push this shit on them. This is the same thing as giving mm -hmm. an alcoholic alcohol. You are feeding mm -hmm. into everything that they fear. I mean, at least for me personally, that's how I felt. Like they were pushing mm -hmm. everything onto me, but then they would say we're not professionals. Mm -hmm. Like how can you push one one thing, but not the other. Why, why do I have to be careful of the alcoholics, but you can't be careful of the survivors? Well, you just got to be more submissive, really. <laughs> That's really that simple. You need to edify your husband and make him feel like a leader. And you need to make him feel, you know, that he, he can lean on you for for respect. And then he just has to throw you crumbs of love. And then there won't be domestic violence because you will just know your place. That is so <laughs> unfortunately true. Like I, I, every word that you said, they have essentially alluded to. They might not have said it outright, but it's true. And I want to say, I want to say, this is not how I believe. This is what I want to say. I want to say, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. And we talked about this. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. We do have mm -hmm. an idea. Can I, can I say that I can see through their walls and know what's going on? No, of course not. But do I have a pretty good idea of what's going on? Yes. I do believe that there is more domestic violence happening in this organization that they're portraying. I've had a lot of people tell me that. I mean, how, how is it that so many people can, can talk about the fact that this is happening, but this whole organization likes to preach a 4% divorce rate? Bullshit. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. The amount of people mm -hmm. that I have talked to who are divorced or in the process of divorcing because of this business, it's more than 4%. Like that's, there's mm -hmm. sure a large majority of people, but they won't even talk about the people who have been divorced on stage. Like, mm -hmm. why can't we, like, why can't you just be transparent? But of course, mm -hmm. that does not, that does not help their squeaky clean image. And that's mm -hmm. the scary part too. Like you look mm -hmm. at people, oh my gosh, like they are portraying this really squeaky clean, like we're really happy image. And I was kind of like taken back to when I was in a DV relationship and I had to forcefully make my relationship look happy because I did yeah. not want anybody to know what was going on behind closed doors. And it almost made me like teary eyed and it's making me teary eyed now because you want to like, there's probably, I'm not saying there is allegedly, um, 
I personally believe that, that there's a domestic violence happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like the the inspiration for wanting to come on um, again and talk about it. Cause like, it's, it's easy to have that happening when every book that you're reading is talking about how, you know, women just make no sense. And the men, like they're obviously the, the natural rational thinkers and, you know, they're like giving you like codes of conduct and codes conversational code so you can decipher this labyrinth of emotions that she's feeling and how to like basically um basically be really condescending uh, uh oh my god patronize like you can like patronize your wife into like you know loving you easier or you can you know find your way through her like nonsensical thoughts just you know to find a way to love her because she's difficult you know and it's just like the examples that they would use is like you know she just is expressing disdain over your repeated bad behavior and that's just so foreign to you you know and you need a whole like 10 chapter book explaining the the you know explaining these very basic but complicated concepts but she's also the emotional one you know but yeah, just the way that it encourages like emotional un like lack of uh, intelligence and emotional like lack of empathy. Like the there's like this coaching of no empathy, no emotional awareness, no situational awareness, no context clues. Like they don't teach you how to be as a man like well-rounded in the you know right-brained whatever that means like right-brained thinking. They just want to keep you in this like yeah you're obviously rational and anything she's saying just makes no sense. And here's if she's saying never and always that you know she should know that that that's just gonna throw the whole conversation out the window you know. So but yeah just I forgot where I was going with this but basically it's just like the the blatant um yeah coaching of like yeah lack of emotional awareness and empathy so uh, oh oh yeah and like the behind closed doors abuse basically like I can see how that is it's just like a pipeline to abuse basically because if he doesn't see your emotions and your thoughts and your desires interests concerns as real and valid and he needs like a quote deciphering system just to be able to navigate the relationship and navigate you as a woman you know that's such an easy way to condition someone to either be abusive or to become abusive and also for the other person the woman reading these books and being like oh i guess these are really crazy my concerns my thoughts my dreams my worries my frustrations they are really emotional and crazy i guess according to this quote-unquote studied learned author maybe you know maybe the guy should just be this way with me maybe he should may i should be deferring to him on all and every level because i'm just irrational i don't know um and oh of course if he's abusing me sure I, you know, I must have done something. And then it's this really easy, you know, slide down into victim blaming and blaming yourself and just we could go on forever on this, you know, on this direction, you know? Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing that I realized is that as women, we were not allowed to think for ourselves. I mean, as people, we weren't allowed to think as ourselves, but especially as women, we're not allowed to be individuals. And I, hey, I'm anytime you want to come and talk about this topic, you are always welcome because <laughs> always. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're talking about how the patriarchy is actually fucking toxic, especially when it comes to this organization. Because again, it's not just worldwide, you guys. These people could be in your workspaces. They could be in your boss, your HR department, like some sort of level of leadership above you and you'll never know. And the mm -hmm. thing is, is these people are very like cunning. They're, they're very conniving, very just like manipulative and narcissistic. Mm -hmm. And I think that there has to be, like you said, either at least at the very least a level of an entitlement, like to be able to maintain in this business and get to that level. Like at some point they just don't have emotions towards people or empathy. Mm -hmm. And that's speculation again, and no hate to anybody who has like 
you know, actual diagnosed like ASPD. I have so much respect for you. I, I do have to say that these people, they are so harmful. And and mm -hmm. I am so sad that so many women have had to go through this. And and even too, I've had quite a few men on here too. I had actually I'm really excited. Their episode's going to come out soon. But I had a guy. Uh, this his wife had said we need to end the patriarchy, and he's like, absolutely, we do. And he's like, if you're a man and you're offended by that, <laughs> you are wrong. And I was like, yes, mm -hmm. we need mm -hmm. you on our side because this is this is dangerous thinking. Any. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No. Um, yeah, I could talk about this forever. You know, um, <laughs> I just like, yeah, I just, this has been like, so, so great for me to talk about because like this kind of stuff, like is so easy to internalize and so difficult to unpack. And I think like, it's easier to unpack it when you're hearing people who are, have gone through the same thing or, you know, yeah. Or you're talking about it yourself. Like I unpack more when I, when I share this stuff as well, but it's so insidious and it's so deeply ingrained. And also it's insidious because it is not just in the organization, but outside as well in so many facets of society and, and cultural, you know, conditioning. And then it's just like concentrated and like doubled down in commercial cults, allegedly, like this one that are like religious based. And yeah, it's just I could go on forever. So that's my that's my what? No, no, you're good. Um, But no, I, I'm really grateful that you wanted to come out and talk about this. And again, like I said, you are welcome to come back and talk about it or any other topic or anything relevant, because that's my goal is I want to spread awareness. And I really want to help people feel like they can speak. Because again, going back to the original point, we were suppressed for so long, especially as women. And like mm -hmm. you had already expressed as people on the queer spectrum or a person of color, like that also is extremely suppressed. So I'm here to support everybody. Everybody deserves a voice. So Cassia, where can we follow you? Where can we support you in your journey of ending the patriarchy? Yeah, so I have my podcast, The Cassia Allo Show, which has uh, since changed, my name changed since last time, but I uh, retitled it The Cassia Allo Show. I think you can find that on all of the podcast platforms. And then also my socials are at Cassia Allo. Yeah, on TikTok, I'm mostly on there and on uh, Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely link those as well. Um, you guys, I, I'm really excited. If you guys want to share anything with me, this is to say, if you have things that you want to share, I've had quite a few people send me screenshots. I've had people send me audios. If you have any of these things and you want to do it anonymously, please feel free. I will um, DM me on Instagram. I will send you an email. So that way you can send that to me. Or if you just want to send it, uh, X is in T dot podcast at gmail.com. If you guys have a story you want to share, if you have anything you want to spread awareness to, please just DM me on Instagram at xisnt.podcast. That's where you can find me on TikTok, which we're, we're working on getting the TikTok up. You guys, I promise, promise, slowly but surely. Same with uh, YouTube I've been as well. On there, so I'm ready for you. <laughs> I know. I haven't seen that. It was an exciting. So yeah, no, you guys, um, you're welcome here. Everybody is welcome here. And I think that I, I hope that people feel comfortable enough to want to come and follow me, um, share the podcast. If you know somebody who you feel like can find some value in this, definitely share it with them. But um, otherwise, hey, thanks again, Cassia. You've been a fantastic guest. Always a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, um, it was great to be yeah. here. All right, everybody, we will catch you guys on the next episode. Mm -hmm.